Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Sorry to blow your eardrums. <laughs> I woke you up. <laughs> you're, looking at, you're looking at your uh, internet device of some kind, aren't you? And so am I. I'm bouncing between screens here. Uh, but uh, we are live. Sorry for the hiccup and anybody that has been waiting for a little bit. Um, it always takes us a little while to kind of tweak settings and everything, get all the Skype and everything all working. Uh, but Foobs... Don Jose, uh, uh, Jose Don Fubar Sanchez, the illustrious, the beautiful, the one and only uh, king of the world is here with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us again for another uh, week. This yeah. is like the third time. Always a pleasure, man. I was just hanging out, you know, playing some, uh, some Mario and I decided I'd take a break because I'm awesome. I feel like I'm closing in on the end. I feel like <laughs> you've been streaming like crazy on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. All Mario. Yeah. I, I well, it's What sucks is I said, you know what? I'm going to stream. Uh, every moon that I can find in Mario, yeah. which takes away my ability to play it when I'm not streaming. So I'm yes. like, well, I got to get to it. And I was like, maybe I'll start another profile and I'll just do that on the side. And I'm like, no, because then I'll forget which moons I got, where, and then it'll yeah, just be no, no. cluster. So you just got to play it with, with everybody with, watching. I'm 290 moons in. Are you addicted to the game? Are you loving Mario? Is it just yeah. incredible? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's pretty much sheer joy, right? Like, you, you get lost in the fun of it. I mean, it's it's everything about it. Just the different, like, a lot of games have costume changes, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But this, I'm like, <laughs> look at Mario as a clown. Yeah. <laughs> clown shoes. Yes. Yeah. He's got flip-flops on. I mean, um, right from the beginning, like, right, right, right when you're in the uh, the desert level, the um, uh, the sombrero and the and yeah. the poncho. It's just it's it's hilarious and yeah. it's it's fantastic. It's so good. The, I, mu- the music. I just find myself. I just want to just hang out in levels and just listen to the tunes. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Did it win you over right away? Because it was so much hype. You didn't get it uh, before the game launched. You got it after the game launched. Yeah. And, and you, all the scores were out there. Everybody was talking about it. Were you? Overhyped for it, or was it? Did it meet your expectations? Uh, well, I feel like for me, uh, because you know, I saw the initial trailer, the launch trailer, and I didn't see anything else about the game at all. Oh, that's right, that's right. So I, I didn't. I mean, I obviously heard the buzz about the high scores and whatever. So, I, but I kind of was just like, all right, it's a Mario game. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's been a long enough time since I played a Mario game that I was yeah. just, I was ready, and it, it delivered. There's something very, very different about this game, right? Like we've played a million Mario bounce on Koopa Troopa, you know, heads and yeah. butt bounce our way through lots of adventures. But there is something so special about an open, you know, quasi open world, mostly open world. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a, explore it's, game like it's this. Touch, yeah, it's like a, a touch on you know what we had with Super Mario 64. Just in a great. I mean, they even have like the paintings in the within the worlds are just like a little nod to Mario 64. Yeah. Which is good, uh, but I'm just having so much fun, and there's so much, man. There's like somebody. I thought this. I heard there was like 700 moons. I heard there was 400, then 700. Somebody saying there's 900. I don't know how many yeah. there are, but I feel like I'm getting close to the main chunk of the game's moons section. Yeah. To get to the end, but I know, like, oh, I look at the map, and I'm like, well, I got 20 moons here out of 78. I'm like, crap. Well, and what's weird is that when you think you have finished is when you really just begin the game because the challenge ramps right up and you are going to see a whole bunch of new stuff. And uh, uh, it's been one of the most joyous games that I've played in 2017. I can't believe, and I've said this in in, uh, reviews and in podcasts before, I can't believe that there is a a Mario of, of that caliber and that quality and a Zelda of that quality in one year, it's incredible. It it, it worries me though. Yeah, 
Because like, how do you top that year of uh, like a, such a high-rated Zelda game, such yeah. a high-rated Mario game? Yes. Where do you even think of going? Yeah. The, like Pikmin Four. Yeah. That's gonna be it. Olimar's coming back. He's gonna. He's gonna bring. Nope. I don't know if that's gonna. Yeah, because Nintendo doesn't necessarily it doesn't normally put out a uh, you know a, a, a game of that caliber in that franchise more than once per console generation. So it's pretty hard to think that there would be a Super Mario Odyssey two. Although they did it with Galaxy and Galaxy one and two yeah. because there was so much extra content made. That, I, those were two amazing games too. The, the one thing Nintendo I wish they would learn from what they did with Metroid Prime is like give me the Mario Galaxy Switch collection or yeah. like Super Mario Sunshine on the Switch. You know, I'll I'll take a remastered version of Mario Sunshine on the Switch to take it on the go. That'd be awesome. Like a whole Super Mario, like the 3D Super Mario collection would be yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. So you get uh, Mario 64 and Sunshine and the Galaxy games. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I yeah. totally agree with you. Who do you know? You know anybody in Nintendo? <laughs> uh, you know not, uh, not the decision makers, unfortunately. I think all the decisions are I've in Japan. And I've seen just... your pictures with Miyamoto. I think you can pull some strings. <laughs> like, bro. I, I do have his business card. I don't know if it still connects to him, but I don't. I, I, I feel a bit weird calling. Got an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> all those Mario games you did before, just do them again. But I can take it with me on the Switch. How's that sound? That would be awesome. All right, I got to say uh, hello to a few people here. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, lots to talk about today because obviously the the internet is uh, is blowing up over a few things. Uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit. I but uh, Adrian Leon, Vaz Vegas, Swan Gore, Warco, uh, Blade Blur, Twisted Reverb, uh, Game Collector eighty five. It is awesome to have you guys here, and uh, oh, Pattern of Force. Uh, and, you know, new people are coming in. Graphic God, how you doing? Uh, and, of course, this is going to be um, a, a podcast on iTunes and, and all the, uh, the sort of audio podcast services out there. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, thank you, Stephen Nikolic, for uh, making sure that these yep. things go out as audio podcasts. It's awesome. Uh, and also, thank you if you're uh, watching this later. I always appreciate that people can't tune in live when we go live every time. And we're not structured enough to say that we're going to be live at this time every single week or day or anything like that. We're not. We're not there yet. We do it live. Um, we don't do it live. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate if you find the time later on to, to uh, tune in and then comment and and uh, keep us informed of uh, what you like and don't like and uh, some of your observations and all that stuff. I, I read as much as I can of all of this stuff and I'm just super super appreciative of it all. And um, especially big, huge shout out to all of our new um, sponsors that have been signing up through uh, uh, the gaming.youtube channel. Just just blowing our minds that people are uh, supporting us that way. And huge thumbs up. Thank you very much. Um, remember, help me out with uh, as the stream comes in. Um, if you've got a question for Foobs or I, uh, Master of... Uh, Car- uh, Karate and Friendship. Karate and friendship. Thank you, sir. That's uh, that's all one word. Uh, Master of karate and friendship. Thank you very much. Love that you're here. Uh, if you have a question, just at least uh, type out the the word "question" in all caps, so it pops off the screen a little bit better. Uh, but let's get talking a little bit about uh, the Xbox One X. I'm going to save uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two talk for a little bit because I know you've got some thoughts, foobs. Yep. Uh, but you have the Xbox One X. You I pre-ordered do. the Scorpion. Got that um, Scorpion. You- uh, Scorpio, oh, Scorpio not Scorpion, yes. Uh, was there a Scorpion video game system? I feel like there was a Scorpion video game system no, sometime. just Mortal Kombat. 
Okay. Oh, he's a character, right? Yes, in video games. Correct. He is, yes. Yes. Okay. There Boom. is a scorpion in video games. We solve that problem right there. Okay. Project Scorpio Xbox came in. What did you think? Plugging this baby in. Uh, well, I always get a little excited. You know, new consoles. I'm like, ooh, it's gonna be in the box. And totally. I, 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 well, it's great because I hadn't updated my Xbox One, my regular right. Xbox One. So like, right, there's right, a new right. dashboard and everything's yep. looking all fancy schmancy. Um, I liked how easy the setup was. It did work how I just plug in because I have everything on a, a hard drive. That was your question last week. And yeah. so you could just take your hard drive, plug it in, and it and saw it, all the games. It had all the games ready to go. Wait, did it have your um, user ID and all that stuff in there too? Yeah, because uh, when you're setting up your Xbox One X, it'll yeah. say to, sh you know, to shave some time off, go to this website, put in this code, while everything is updating, and I put in mm. the code, and then so when I turned it on, my gamer tag was ready, my Princess Leia background was still up, and I'm like, all right, this is just like it was before I left it. That's Great. amazing. Um, I do, I, I love how fast it is. That's, yeah. I mean, especially playing a game like Madden, which we're talking about later, you can definitely feel how fast the terabytes or the teraflops or whatever the hell is are, are <laughs> pushing it, because I remember just like playing it on Xbox One. It's not that bad, but it's still like some of the load times are a little tedious, a little long. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. That. But it definitely feels fast. Um, the one issue I have. Yes. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. No. Um, right now it feels very similar to the Xbox one because that's really what it is. Yeah. Just with more power under the hood. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do have, again, my 4k TV is in the living room, so I plugged it into that and I'm like, all right, Madden looks great on the 4k TV. But then I went to settings in the Xbox One X, and when you're at, when it asks like, oh, you recognize that your TV is capable to watch 4K, so you're like, all right, yeah. cool, that's what I want to play in. Um, and then you go to like the like the lower settings that'll tell you like, oh, all the stuff that's available, like HDRs and the, the, this and this. Apparently, my TV is just a 4K TV, just a 4K yeah. Samsung TV. Every yeah. other check mark was like question mark or an X. I was like, oh no, you can't you can't see it in this. <laughs> oh, you, you're not gonna be able to push this. Well, you're probably not going to be able to do this either. So I'm like, oh, I don't even know man. what the hell the difference is right now. It's really it like a PC. You plugged in a PC into your television there, didn't you? I mean, it's just like, well, um, I guess every. I, I think it's in 4K. I think it is. <laughs> it looks really good. I mean, I, but it's, I'm not getting like that HDR effects and yeah. like all the stuff, which a lot of the games that up res or, you know, resoluted for Xbox One X or whatever. Yeah. Um, that, that most of them are pushing like HDR stuff and all that, but um, yeah. I don't think my yeah, TV yeah. does that. So it just oh, looks that sucks. And just you looks know, you're good. you're underlining a uh, you know a huge reason why a lot of people are just waiting right now. I mean, yeah. there's so much confusion at the um, at at the monitor kind of standpoint of if your TV is good enough for these systems. Yeah. You know, the systems. I you think bring your Xbox the, with you when you go buy a TV and just plug yeah. it in and you're like, yes. all right, is this powerful enough? I don't yeah. have this. And you can find, um, uh, you know, TV guy, like uh, TV guy. Uh, guy. Well, you can <laughs> find TV guy, but you you can find uh, info on the best televisions for the consoles and all that stuff out there. But it is way too confusing, and the standards are all kind of all over the place. And it is still sometimes a little tough to discern if you are getting the perfect image on there. And one thing that I've noticed too, I've been using the um, AverMedia. I talked about this before in a podcast. The AverMedia. Uh, live gamer portable two plus, which is like that's ridiculous. All those <laughs> words in that name, like who's gonna remember that? But I'm using that. Yeah, I'm looking for the Ever Media Live Gamer Media Plus uh, two, two of the two version. <laughs> it's, I'm using it and I love it, um, but it does knock all of the HDR and like it. It has a 4K pass through. 
And if I'm going through it, though, like the screen is brighter, I have to brighten up this stuff in my game so that it records it a little bit uh, brighter. So I'm not getting the glory of just playing these games and their perfect thing when I'm when I'm trying to record for a review or something, you know, woe is me. But when I unplug everything and plug it back in, it is still you're constantly kind of analyzing the image to think, am I getting this perfect? Is it is it uh, the HDR perfect? And I've got a few different HDR settings on my television. and I'm bouncing between the like the vivid one and the bright one and the the gamer one. Like I'm always fiddling. And I I guess that's kind of the thing when you get uh, the new tech like that. I don't remember HD being this fiddly though. Yeah, well, because HD was like, oh, HDMI. I don't need these component cables. Let me yeah. plug in this one wire that's going to, holy crap, look at it. Oh, <laughs> I do enjoy the fact that it tells me everything that doesn't work on the damn TV, though. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> none of this shit you want works. <laughs> but at least it'll look pretty. It just laughs at you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've definitely played a lot of Star. I played Star Wars Battlefront uh, two, uh, the full campaign on it, and I've you know I saw it in all of its glory, and it's absolutely astounding. But I also did go back to Assassin's Creed Origins. I looked at it on the PS4 Pro again, and and looked at it on the Xbox One X. It looks better on the Xbox One X. It's it's distinguishable. It's not like oh my god, stop my heart. Look better, but it is a better looking game. Shadow of War looks a little bit better. Uh, I played Madden on the uh, Xbox One X, and it looked better. The HDR and the resolution uh, coming off of um, FIFA 18 actually took my breath away when I saw it on the Xbox One X. You know, you can start to see the optimization settings. Um, it's it, it's a it's a really really powerful phenomenal platform. I do find the UI still much clunkier than the user interface on the PlayStation 4. I also have found that uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's my network or whatever, but it sort of kicks off of the internet uh, when I turn off the machine or power it down, and then I turn it back on, and it has to log back in. And sometimes it's a little sloppy, and it'll kick yeah. me out of a game and say that the internet... Have you had any issues no. like that at all? Yeah. No. I just I, loves me. It's like, what's I up, feel- And it does do all of that. And and one of my favorite things about Xbox, and I really wish Nintendo and um, PlayStation would learn from this, is the uh, syncing that it does when you load a game up. You know, because I took the S that I've got and I put it into our living room and it'll be a Blu-ray player and uh, we'll play Xbox games in the living room. But in my game cave... It, it, the X is the main machine, but I love that I can just go to whatever television and turn it on, and it'll automatically bring my save state in to whatever game I want to play. And that's yeah. just without having to download anything, without having to kind of remember dates. Did I play this on uh, you know August seventeenth? And is this the most current you know save? Should I down like because I've had to do that with the PlayStation Four? And again, woe is me. I've got more than one platform that I have to juggle sure. this around, but. It's uh, it's still incredibly convenient. It's like it's like Steam. Yeah, I mean the one thing that does suck. I remember playing Fallout Four when it first came out, and I took my I have one of the games suitcases. Yeah. With the screen in it, and I took oh, it with yeah. me on a trip. But yeah. my saves were in the cloud, uh, so everything that I, when I played on the road, everything that I had saved in the cloud when I came back, it just hadn't saved in the cloud for some weird reason. Okay. So I, I couldn't figure out. I, I mean, I could have just, I guess, switched the save setting. But when yeah. I got back, I'm like, wait, this isn't where I left off. This is right. This is malarkey. Oh, because were you playing on a plane or something like that? Yeah, I was playing so, on a plane. I went to Korea, so I was like, well, I'm gonna play it. And then, of course, got to Korea. I plugged my game in. I was all excited, and the game screen turns on, and then my Xbox power brick exploded uh, <laughs> because I was using the wrong 
voltage. So, and that was within an hour of landing in Korea. So that was great. Oh man, that's awful. Um, but it happens. Just got a, uh, a a very nice, very kind, uh, generous shout out from the the native lover. Pew pew pew! Uh, congrats on reaching 30k. Thank you so much. Yes, we just hit 30k and, over the weekend. Um, and really appreciate that support. That's amazing, you guys. And what I've said is that as we do this, we're going to uh, put up more uh, previous systems. Um, uh, we are going to put up uh, more, not systems, pre- uh, previous, <laughs> I, previous, I'm reading consoles. comments and talking. Yeah, we're going to put up more consoles. We're going to put up uh, previous seasons of Electric Playground. So we are starting to uh, put up the episodes from season three from 1999. So please watch those and enjoy those because... Uh, uh, we were the only people in the world doing that kind of crazy stuff back then, and we got some really cool exclusive interviews, and and um, and they're amazing memories for me. Uh, but I want you guys to you know kind of uh, dive in for the first time if you haven't, and or relive some of those uh, some different of those days, crazy hairstyles, crazy hairstyles, but crazy also. That soul patch was around for many years. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> but the games industry was a very different place you know people would open their doors to us we would show up and we would basically have uh, carte blanche for uh, being able to ask whatever we want and, and and go wherever we want and we got developers to do insane things and um, I mean everything was different everybody in the games industry was younger and crazier and we got to shoot that we got to sort of capture that and uh, it's pretty cool so uh, when we get to 40,000 uh, subs we're going to put season four up and um, we're going to just start, you know, digging into the archive a little bit more. And then I still have a plan at one point, at some point, to stream a show live and talk about it in some capacity. Maybe I'll have guests from that episode on on the, on the this episode, a show within a show kind of thing. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, The Native Lover. Um, and uh, and thank you all for subscribing. I got a question here from uh, Fred Wicks. Can you give instructions on how to contribute to your sponsorship options for, for those of us who are unsure? I have to download download YouTube gaming. Okay, Fred, uh, thank you for asking. It's, you know, like I've felt weird about doing this whole thing, but I just feel like people have asked me about Patreon and people have said, you know, how do I support you? And then uh, last month YouTube said, well, you can turn on sponsorships on uh on your channel and I saw that and I said well that's a very easy thing it's not like I have to you know go out of my way to promote something else or you know have tiers of extra things that we would have to think about or worry about we just we just use the support that you have to make the stuff that we do every day and uh, we really really appreciate it Uh, but the only way that and I asked YouTube about this the only way that they've got it set up right now is on the gaming.youtube.com uh, site and so it's gaming.youtube.com slash EPN TV and on that site you'll see a little sponsor icon if and if you're so inclined and that's why I say like you know I it, I it, it feels weird to bug people about it but if you feel like you want to support us it's it, we're very grateful that you do and the money's going to be spent on uh, on building cool things so it's uh, it's really really kind and uh, so it's it's pretty straightforward. I think you have to have a Google account or a YouTube account, but you just click that sponsor button, and, and we've got a bunch of them on there. And uh, I've got to come up. I still have to come up with uh, some emojis and some badges and stuff like that to um, uh, to sort of delineate that we have these awesome people that are supporting us. Uh, but it's it's very cool. And Fred, there you go, buddy. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for asking. 
I see uh, Dry Bones Jones on there, uh, Miranda Carvel. How you doing, Miranda? Thank you so much for your support. Uh, I see uh, Danny uh, Barzagar. I see Blade Blur. I already said hello to Blade Blur, but he gets a couple. Uh, we got Caleb Watson. How you doing, Vic? That Xbox network disconnect is a thing that started with the fall system update. It's super annoying, but not specific to the One X. Yeah, I feel like... Um, I feel like uh, that that still needs some tweaking and improving. You know, I mean, these things, like we're learning from the Star Wars Battlefront stuff, and we should talk about this, Foobs. Everything is much more fluid and liquid and a little clumsy. And, um, you know, it, it starts even, I think, with, like, people going... Um, uh, let's go early access and let's ship these games and let's. It starts with things like this. I'm streaming live right now. I've got Jose on a uh, on a Skype chat. You know, like there's just a lot more openness and a lot more sort of free form creation that's happening because of the internet. And and uh, we're kind of all in this together. And I think what we're seeing through EA and Dice and all this and Foobs, you have tons of friends over there. It's kind of like. It, it it's a great conversation that's happening because I think EA made some big mistakes, but it's uh, it's hard to watch all that hate being projected towards them because you know most of those people they just want to make cool things, man. They just want to like build cool things so we can have fun. Yeah, I mean the the thing that sucks about it is. I, I I really feel like it's the people that are you know creating the world, creating the stories for any you know company, not just EA, but for you know the same thing like uh, Shadow of War got people complaining about yes. their boxes or whatever, and you know Assassin's Creed and everybody's just throwing hissy fits about everything. It's just like I don't think the people that are designing the game are thinking about what loot crate ideas we can have. I think it's just like you know people behind the scenes are just like, hey, we need to monetize the hell out of this game. Yep. What else can we do to get more money out of it? And that's why every other game's got some kind of crate in it so you can open up. Like, you don't hear a lot of people bitching about Overwatch crates, but people still love buying some Overwatch crates. It's like, I mean, I, I just don't get it. Granted, if it's going to be something that's you can unlock in the game, and people, that's the big hoopla about Battlefront. Everybody's complaining about, you can pay to unlock Darth Vader, and blah, 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 and I can play for 40 hours. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean... You don't have to buy it if it's going to ruin your multiplayer experience. They should have some sort of servers. Obviously, they have some sort of leveling system to where people can have to be at a certain level. But How do I you mean, think EA could fix this heat right now? Like they've, They just did a 75% drop, and uh, our buddy Andrew Reiner at, uh, at Game Informer had a very... Um, uh, an accurate sort of observation on this. He said, uh, this is like the week after Halloween uh, pricing on candy, that kind of a, that kind of a price <laughs> drop. It's like, whoops, we made a big mistake. Let's cut it by 75%. Yeah. And it doesn't send out a good signal, right? Like, like there are, it, it just shows that they're, they're not thinking everything through. Which sure. is part of the danger of, I think, content creation in 2017. Like you just make stuff and you send it out, and and there's it just gets out really quickly, and and then you kind of have to kind of fix it on the fly, you know. I mean, it's it's a tough thing, you know. Again, it's like the pay to win model, right? It sucks. Mm -hmm. it, it really does suck. If it's going to affect the way you play the game, clearly yeah. there's got to be something you can do to avoid it. 
Or, I mean, go the Overwatch route where everything is a cosmetic thing and it's not going to make I, your players better. It's going to just... I it's think like that... League of Legends. Like, League of Legends makes all their money on skins because the game is free. It's just yeah. skins. It's all yeah. skins, man. I, I mean, I think that's the only way they can sort of backtrack to, to fix this, you know? Didn't, you, they already, I, didn't they already do something? Like, I don't know if I'm... Like, they... like. The Star Wars Battlefront guys did the beta, and then they learned from stuff, and they took stuff out. Yeah, and then they fixed it a bit, and, yeah. then, and then because of the heat, uh, because people, the reviews were starting to come out, and then they did the 10-hour uh, free play over the weekend, if you had EA access, um, the heat just rose, you know, and the hate did too. And so in response to that... <laughs> You know, an hour before the embargo broke on the reviews, they put out another statement saying that we've slashed the prices on all of these things with the in-game credits. So it looks desperate, and it looks um, it looks also like they're listening, which is great. Of course, we all know about the Reddit uh, downvotes and everything. But I think that is precisely the right direction to go. They should open up those heroes. They should just let them be available to people. Um, you can play them in the heroes and villains mode, by the or in the arcade mode, in uh, which is just your single player test thing, not the heroes. You have to unlock them in heroes and villains, the, the ability to play as them. I don't mind the idea that you have that stuff um, be unlockable, but it shouldn't have a price, I think, or something. You know, it should be yeah. about uh, hitting an achievement. It should be separate well, got, from the cosmetics, most, like the worst voted Reddit thing yeah. ever. Yes. Which is so funny because you go back to a year ago when they had like the highest watched video game trailer of all time and then Call of Duty was the most unliked trailer in video game trailer history. Yeah. It's like people will just hate on shit to hate on it. Oh, I, there are I a know. There's haters in the world. Social network justice warriors that are just out there. They're like, you know what? We're going to hate on everything possible. I don't know. Everybody else is down liking it. I'll down like it. Well, I think it's important that they they express themselves, though, because this is a... Um, I mean, there's an, if there's a good meaning behind it. If you're not just agreed. following the trend of, like, it, everybody else, it, I'm going to join. It, I'm going to be one of the votes. And the tragedy is I, it, this Battlefront 2 is an excellent game. It is so ridiculously addictive and fun. I've put in, like, 30 hours. It's the game I want to play more than anything else right now. I don't want to play anything else more than Star Wars Battlefront 2. I want to just sit down and especially the Starfighter Assault. I just love what Criterion has done. What a magic company that company is. It's so ridiculously fun. And I don't care that it takes me a while to earn the battle points to unlock the cool ships or whatever. I don't care that I get blown up by people that have uh, uh, spent money on loot crates. I mean, it, it bugs me, but it doesn't bug me so much that I don't have a good time. I'm having a great time in there. So they made a core excellent experience, but they did screw it up by not making the extra money that you would put in be just completely cosmetic. And there's so much option in the Star Wars universe for them to be able to do that. I mean, this is a this is you know an, a, a, an expansive universe, no pun intended, already, and they've hired Ryan Johnson to expand it even more. So it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And here was their opportunity to. Um, Learn from the most successful people in the microtransaction space. And I think even Rockstar with uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online has been pretty um, upfront and pretty straightforward that most of that stuff is cosmetic as well, unless you want to you know, spend money for in-game money that lets you buy cars and things like that. It doesn't really... I guess it could. you could skew that to be sort of pay to win a little bit, but... 
Yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to balance. It's just like Shadow of War. Like people were complaining about microtransactions the whole time. Mm-hmm. That when I was playing it, even on my stream, they're like, "What do you think of the microtransactions? What do you think of the microtransactions?" I know. And I didn't feel the need to buy anything. Like you can buy a weapon that's going to be a higher level than you are. While like I'll, I'm enjoying the experience I'm getting out of this game, I want my character to level up like he's supposed to level up, and it's just going to be a nice balance. If I want to make it harder, I can just change the difficulty. If I want it, I want a badass weapon that's going to make me at like a level 20 weapon when I'm a level five. I just put it on easy. Yeah. And play the game with whatever weapons you have, and the yes. game should be easy enough. I don't I, know. It's, it's a weird. It, it's a weird thing to. It's almost like there should be two skews, right? I mean, I've said this since the mobile days. I've, I've. Uh... I've never been a fan of this idea that you're constantly, you know, watching the game have its hand out. It's it's become normal and it sucks. Yeah. It's a part of every aspect of video games and it's because the free-to-play business model has been so effective. And so the publishers want the best of both worlds. They want to be able to make money off of the the uh, the people that are hungry to get into these experiences right away and they make games that that are good enough that they make us want to play those games right away. But yeah. they also want that long tail, um, you know, repeat customer. And these these are corporations that are, you know, a lot of them are publicly funded and there are, there are a lot of shareholders that have a lot of expectations on them earning more profit every quarter. And they also are, uh, you know, intelligent and educated as to the way the rest of the the video game business is working. And so there's, uh, an expectation on the business management of it that they're going to capitalize on every single scenario that's going to bring more money into the business. And you can't fault these companies for working like that because that's what they do to turn around and invest in more games. But it does feel like there is an opportunity for um, a publisher to come out and say, well, we're going to be the antithesis to this. We're going to make a decision to uh, make our games in a totally different way than this. Um, and you pay one price and you get the whole thing, and that's going to be the, our, our motto, you know? And I, I don't know if, if uh, a corporation wants to rock the boat or put their flag in the ground and say this is the only way that we're going to do it um, or, you know, appear to look like they're, um, you know, thumbing their nose at the way other people conduct their business. It, it's a volatile, incredibly difficult business, let alone just making the games, but just to stay afloat as a business uh, it's a tough one. And unfortunately, the truth is there is so much free content out there that takes people's time away um, that these companies all have to compete with. And I think that, it, you know, what they've decided, a lot of these companies have decided that if they've got a, an audience that's going to be loyal to a game, they need to figure out how to keep them there as long as possible. So even though I think a lot of you folks, hi, hi, uh, Paul, hi, Harambe's final seed, Momo, and Star Drew, and Jay Murphy, you guys are just putting in names that just make me look crazy if I'm saying it. Uh, it's all awesome that you're here. But I think every one of us that's involved in this this live conversation right now, we kind of wish that there was it was back to the old days in a way. But I don't think it's ever gonna go back because the business has yeah. been altered so often, so it, much. You know? I mean, yeah, it's such a weird thing. Again, with I mean, you see the games that don't really necessarily need to even do that. Like I missed those those days of when you spent extra for a game. It's because you got a giant statue or a collectible or something. Yeah. And it wasn't because no, now you have a season pass that'll give you the first piece of DLC, but you can pay for the rest of it when it yeah. comes out. I know. I mean, it's it's still a new medium. It's still a medium that's sort of defining itself and developing itself. And, and uh, 
And that's what I've seen in my whole career is that the business goes, oh, VR, oh my God, oh, mobile, oh, let's go that way. Oh my God, free to play, loot boxes. And then they kind of go, they back yeah, off like a bit, that. right? And everybody like looks like that, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's, what G that's what GDC looks like. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think they learn, right? And I think that's why this this ugly, awful conversation and, and these death threats and all of this bullshit that's happening around Battlefront 2, as, as uncomfortable as it is, especially for people that know that in their hearts, those game makers just wanted to make an awesome Star Wars game for us, man. That's all they wanted to do. Um, and they did. But it got... It's getting lost. And, in the, it'll get lost in the shuffle of a hatred. Trust well, me, I'm just glad it takes the heat off of me for a little bit. You know, I, have, I, have, I understand. I understand that. I know what, it, I know what it's like. You got uh, some fury on that, didn't you? It's yeah. It's on other shit, but it's like the internet will hate when the internet can hate, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right about it. And I, I think that this is a lightning rod, but I think um, it has the potential to be an important uh, fork in the road, you know? And I don't know what EA is going to do. I mean, it will, I guess it will be based on sales and and uh, but yeah, but it's got an awful reputation right now. This game and it's it's tragic, you know. And frankly, I think um, it it hurt uh, Shadow of War as well. And again, that was a game that these people worked their asses off on for a, a tremendous great amount game. of time. It's an, a great game. It's another awesome game. But yes, these things are uh, they're. They're obtrusive in the AAA space. So I feel like maybe publishers should think about making AAA caliber quality titles at a much lower price point if they're going to also attach some loot box stuff to it, you know? Give me, um, give me that era of, like, first-generation PS3, Xbox, like, you know, just this, before everybody started adding stuff. Mm -hmm. When you got a game, that was just the game. I know. You well, know, and, it, like, and we were a part of it, too, with all the um, the documentaries and stuff that we made. And there was a, a bit of a prestige around all of that stuff. And then uh, digital distribution and YouTube developer diaries and stuff like that. It's, it, it's like trend to trend to trend to trend to try to kind of see how much they can bring more money in on on each investment, on on each one of these things. And I understand, you know, it's... Um, Plus the rising cost of making these things because the technology demands, you know, these teams expand almost 50% to 100% every single generational change. Uh, it's tricky, man, and it's a slippery business. But I, I, EA could fix this, this particular problem, by either dropping the, the, the core price on Battlefront 2 quickly, which we saw they did with Mass Effect for different reasons, uh, you know, but it's achievable for them saying, look, we understand loot crates. They're part of the experience. We're going to go across the board now, this game and any game that we put out with this much sort of loot crate integration um, is going to be $30 or $40, you know, make a huge statement that way. Um, or they, they go and say, yeah, we've learned and, and um, you know, we, we, uh, we saw what Overwatch is, you know, other competitors are doing and it's going to all just be... Uh, um, uh, cosmetic, which yeah. I think is the better way to go, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't it? envy those guys, man. Yeah. You know, they're not on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> they're already working on the, the future DLCs and future games and yeah. it never ends, man. Those guys are just always working like, sorry, we messed up, but we're focusing on what we're coming out with in two or three years from now. So 
Yeah, we've got a couple questions here. Let's get into these here for a second. And thank you so much, Fred Wicks, and uh, also to the Native Lava, uh, Pew Pew Pew. You guys are amazing. Thank you for joining our our, uh, our group of sponsors, and we really appreciate it. But um, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, I think it's because Overwatch is cosmetic, not something that's related directly to gameplay. That's Blade Blur, and that's you know I think we all are saying that, and they must they must be hearing it at EA. Just change it so it's cosmetic. Open up those heroes. Be clear about when you unlock them. Don't I, don't unlock the heroes for cash or anything just, related just make it to like credit. Like a level, like I have yes. to get to level forty, and then there it is. Yeah, or place it on the campaign, you know, get more people to play that campaign. It's already being sloughed off as this this terrible, you know, half-assed thing within the game. I've seen reviewers just, uh, you know, rag on it. And it's not amazing. It's not Force Unleashed, but it's pretty cool, and it's a pretty cool story using the mechanics of Battlefront, and that's how these shooter games always are. They just use the mechanics that are available in your multiplayer, and they just give you this this speed run through uh, the different types of scenarios and, and using a lot of the assets and the maps and all that stuff. And like I wasn't expecting more than that. And I like Iden Versio and I like the new characters and the uh, the new sort of the new stuff that they did there. But uh, I, I think they would win uh, people over on playing the campaign if they unlocked the heroes as they got to closer to the end of that campaign. Um, let's see what we got here. But I'm gonna yeah. do. I don't have the new one yet. I'm gonna go back and play the old one. See if anybody's still online. The old one? Yeah. Yeah, the old one was classic. Different days, though, man. Okay, I got a question from Ryan Landis. Uh, do you think the more loot crates are accepted, the longer they'll make uh, the grind in new games? Um. Yeah, I think you know, like we have this idea that games don't end now, and um, it's maybe sound business sense um but it is you know in an effort to try to just keep people coming back and and playing and now spending uh and and sort of containing your community um and i think that the there's lots of ways that i mean like if if you've got a game that doesn't end uh like league of legends and other other titles like there uh just the constant play of it and the stream of it and people talking about it generates new interest and new sales and so I think that idea of extending the grind, grind uh, has been um, definitely happening for, happening for multiplayer games. Um, and now, you know, when they throw in the fact that they're they're doing the analytics and people are prepared to spend money to shorten that or to augment that experience through the grind. Um, they're going to employ those tactics. I mean, you can't really fault them as a business. You can fault them um, for making it not fun and for making it insidious and making it too expensive. Um, you know, and I, I feel like people shouldn't walk away from games hating them, you know, and I think that that happened with Destiny 1, and I'm hearing that people are saying a little bit of that about that with Destiny 2 right now. I know that people think that about a lot of mobile games out there. He's more Peter Dinklage. You know, that's what we've learned, <laughs> if anything, from Destiny 1. Well, yeah. I, I also I think that, the, you know, a lot of these games, are because of this type of thing, where they say, well, let's keep you grinding. Let's keep you doing this. Now let's try this in back, in reverse. And, you know, this cool new outfit would look awesome if you tried, the, you know, or whatever. Uh, however they keep you in there, I, I think that there's a danger of, of them 
just pissing you off. And then I don't know if that makes good business sense, you know? Yeah. But, but how, do, how, do you, how do you predict how every consumer is going to enjoy your product? How do you progress and grow into kind of the new business landscape? These are tough questions, especially when you know that there are some people out there that, you know, money isn't an issue and they're going to say, ah, yeah, whatever. I'll drop that for Vader. I'll drop that for this. Let me, let me just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in $400 on my so play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, I think uh, to your point, Ryan, I think the only thing that we can do as uh, critics and as definitely as consumers is just do exactly what's happening around Battlefront. Maybe not with the same amount of vitriol and threats and hate, but definitely that, um, uh, you know, getting back to their customer service people and their, and their community management people and their Twitter accounts and stuff. And, and you know, also not buying these loot crates or, or saying, look, I'm not buying the game until this is all fixed. That stuff is going to send a huge statement to not just EA, but the rest of the games industry as well. You know, uh, I mean, God, like EA had a tough one with Mass Effect, too. This has been a this has been a year and I, I haven't heard anything about Need for Speed Payback, but I know that it's got a ton of uh, uh, microtransactions and loot crates and stuff like that. And it's feeling the heat for that as well. And it's oh, and the other thing, too, and, and I wanted to talk about this. Um, um, Foobs, I'm going to ask you about this. What do you what, what happened? in your mind when you heard the news about Amy Hennig's game um, being essentially canceled. I mean, they, they didn't frame it that way. They said they're refocusing and they're sending it, but essentially they fired the, the whole team and it's canceled. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, just like, just like, why, why get the hopes up? So many times, I feel like especially with games like, because there was big issues around the first Battlefront, and now yeah. there's issues around Battlefront 2. But yeah. there's so many other like Star Wars things lingering. Star Wars was it thirteen thirteen that yeah. was supposed to be out that looked amazing in the little clip that we got to see way back when at E three. Yeah. Um and now this I was just like, okay, I can get behind whatever the hell this is gonna be. Cause it sounds like it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And then they're like showing some clips and they're showing like some things and I'm like, All right, I'm in, I'm already in and they're like, Well, maybe not. And then it's just like you get all the hoopla and the hate behind the game like Battlefront 2 and that, that they put a single-player initiative into that was missing from the last game. Yeah. So now it's got – I don't know if it's – and that's the thing. Like is it EA? Is it Lucas? Who's running – Is it, who's is running it the, the property? Yeah. It, I mean is it the – Is, is it Star the Wars cursed right now? Like, I mean I don't think – I don't think you could say that. But Well, I mean they fired directors. Harrison Ford almost lost his life by the Millennium Falcon. He almost you got know, killed by his ship. Very yeah, true. you know, like I don't. What's what's happening, right? Like there, I don't want to throw that out there, but it's it's it does feel it's like there it out it's, there. It's on the internet. It's on the internet now. Oh, we're live. See, this is the <laughs> shit. You make content. You don't. You don't have time. Like, let me take that back. No, it's out there. Uh, but it does feel like things were. You know what? I mean, it was nuts when Lucas was making those terrible prequels, <laughs> but but a lot of stuff got made in the Star Wars space, didn't it? That we were reviewing games all the time on the PlayStation One and the original Xbox and the N sixty four Rogue Squadron titles and the, remember the GameCube Rogue Squadron game yeah. that was just amazing. Rebel Strike Rogue Squadron. Yes, yeah. but I feel like um, it was a time when the properties weren't really linked to anything. 
mm-hmm. is when Star Wars games really pushed. Right. You know, like games like Force Awakened, even though it wasn't, or Force Unleashed, sorry, uh, and the sequel to that, it was just you know this original property, and you got like, all right, I can get behind this dude. He's a badass star killer. Yeah. What what is his deal? I don't know. And then you had games like Shadows of the Empire on N64. That was like I don't know who Dash Rendar is, but all right, we can we can rock that a little bit. I like yeah. when you know they're telling me stories that aren't within the canon. And then it's like you get games like Battlefront where it's just like, well, we're gonna give you all the characters you know and love. People are like we already know and love them. Don't mess them up. And then you kind of mess them up, and people get upset. But when yeah. they're a character you don't know, like you know Knights of the Old Republic, who is this character I'm playing? I have no right. freaking idea. But that game Which is, is incredible. Which is what Amy's whole thing was about, was to kind of reinvent and create and embellish and add a whole new sort of uh, side to the Star Wars lore that we hadn't explored before. Um, I I just think it, it is weird that it's all tied around Star Wars, and clearly there's a tremendous pressure there. You know, we've got like really experienced people that are um, being pushed aside or swept away. Like, like it's happened again and again. Like, Josh Trank kind of did it to himself, but the uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, who were supposed to do the Han Solo movie and had pretty much directed all of it, and then were like, nope, yank, let's uh, start again with Ron Howard. And, and then the guy that was going to do... Uh, uh, episode nine. Thank God he's out. He's he's. A, I don't. I'm not a fan of his. But JJ is back, and you know it's a. I think the best sign that's happened recently is uh, Ryan Johnson being given the keys to the kingdom to do a whole new trilogy. Let's hope that all comes together. Let's hope that the Han Solo movie is awesome. Yeah, but I hope his trilogy is a Knights of the Old Republic style. Right. Here's maybe one character you know. Yeah. But we're gonna like. I don't. You don't need to tamper with the universe I know so well. It's such a big, expansive universe. Right. You can tell me three movies worth of stories. If Peter Jackson can take The Hobbit and make that into three extended edition movies, yeah, this guy can tell well, he, three stories within the world of Star Wars that nobody's ever even heard of. I mean, just look awesome. at what Dave Filoni's been doing with uh, Rebels and the Clone Wars. And yeah. I, I think he's probably going to do a there's, – there's this live-action Star Wars show that's coming to the Disney streaming service. So I think it's probably going to be Filoni that does that. So lots of incredible things around Star Wars. But one thing that is definitely not incredible is that Amy Hennig is not making us a Star Wars game. And that broke my goddamn heart when I heard that and the way that it was presented to us was you know abysmal and not not fair and um, I I know that it wasn't done with ill intent I know that uh, um, there, there was a, an effort on EA's part to handle it as as uh, genuinely and, and maturely as possible um, but um, I just cannot believe that they brought in a, a developer of her pedigree and her earned respect, this is a person that has delivered time and again these amazing games, and we were all excited that her name was attached to Star Wars just as much as there was a new Star Wars coming. It wasn't just a Star Wars thing. It was Amy Hennig's new vision in Star Wars, and I wanted to see that. And the fact that EA still has not come out with a statement from Amy explaining what she's going to do now is unbelievable to me. I just think that that, like, what kind of signal is that sending out to the development community at large, you know? Like, this is a person of real prominence and respect in the the video game space that made the choice to move from Los Angeles to the, the Bay Area to work on a very specific product, and all of that was taken away, and we haven't heard from her. 
And I, you know, I feel like EA really should have started with that. You know, let Amy be a part of the story around what, why this decision was made. Because, you know, there's tons of awesome people and, and a team of 80 excellent developers from Visceral that got laid off. And yeah. I feel for all of them. And I can understand some of the business reasons, especially if you read that Kotaku uh, article that uh, Jason Schreier put together, sort of looking in and digging into, uh, uh, you know, the e- economies and the pressures and all of that stuff. Great. Uh, I understand all of that. But the fact remains that Amy is a, a treasure in games. and She's a loot crate. Right. And because of that, we needed to, I, I feel we still need to hear um, from her that she's okay. She's moving on to something cool and that there's no bad blood. And, and it feels like, yeah, she's gone and she can't say anything. And there's some other stuff behind the scenes and it's all... And I don't think it is that, but I just I think that everybody's cooler heads have prevailed, and and uh, uh, you know the t- teams are, are mature enough and and sensible enough to know that these kinds of volatile things happen in the game space and changes happen. But the fact that we have not heard from Amy to express herself is really disconcerting, and it's like that's two that EA owes us right now to, to coin a phrase from, from Han Solo, you know, like it just feels like, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're mishandling their beautiful treasure that they have Ukraine. right now. Beautiful. So soapbox, I'll come off of it. And that was a <laughs> statement from Victor. <laughs> I mean, how do you guys feel? I mean, I, I, were you guys as, as excited as I am, and I think as as Foobs is uh, and was for a, a an Amy Hennig Star Wars game? I just I can't believe that that's not happening, I just, and I can't I, believe I haven't said anything about it until right now. But yeah. it's uh, it's really it really grinds my gears, man, because EA is a, they're a huge company with a tremendous pedigree, tremendous history. They've made so many excellent games. They've got this incredible franchise that it was all things working in a a great direction. And DICE even, uh, you you know, as much as you can knock the first Battlefront game, they they really built something marvelous and beautiful. And I, I, I believe that they really built up on it. All of these good things. And then to let that just, uh, die the way it did and then not handle it with any word from her. Yeah. Brutal. Okay. Um, got a good question here from Warco, uh, Warco A. And then we're going to talk about, uh, uh-oh, I dropped it. I don't know where it is right now. Uh-oh. I, 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 did a, I did a bad thing. I, I zoomed on the, uh, we're getting a lot of comments here. Uh, sorry, guys. I can't find your comment, Warco. I think it was basically asking if... Uh, if EA is hiring new PR people, I think is uh, is the question, um, and I feel for them too because you know a lot of these they're all of these PR folks and marketing folks are people that we connect with too at events and things like that, and and um, known a lot of these people like the good people, man. That's the thing. It's like not EA isn't isn't the empire. It's not run by Vader and and the Emperor, you know? Like it isn't that. You it's, can't spell Vader without EA. <laughs> you can't spell Vader without EA. There's good people and they're then they're 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 stuck. They're figuring it out. I mean that's I guess it gets back to this fluid kind of process that this stuff is. The thing is too I mean from from my visual standpoint, 
I think it's it's very easy to throw EA under the bus for you know constantly not delivering on a new Star Wars game that we've been promised before and before you know and uh, but what if it's what if it's Lucas? What if it's just Lucas is just like no. We don't like the direction you're going with our Star Wars franchise. Like they pulled directors off of movies halfway when the movies are halfway done. What if I, they're like, I don't like, I don't like the story you're telling. Let's just scrap this idea. Well, and then part how of do you, how do you how do you receive the backlash if you're the the game developers? Even for yeah. any other, I mean, Pandemic was making some awesome Star Wars games back in the day. Yeah. Before they were with EA, but I mean, like for all the other companies that have made Star Wars games, like what's their take on the other side of the coin? Now, I mean, it's a Disney-owned company, right? Yeah. If you try to do some like crazy bloodshed or I don't know, are they going to get pissed off? Like we can't have you ha- hacking off Ewok heads. It's just not in our, you know. I mean, like I don't know how it works. It could well, I mean, be honest, honestly, it is. It's a license holder thing, and this is really one of the things that led to um, um, there only being single licensees on a lot of these sports games because a lot of the sports games had all kinds of hoops, no pun intended, for uh, uh, publishers and developers to jump through in order to appease them. And it became unbelievably expensive. And so, you know, suddenly the uh, um, the, uh, the the leagues would start having conversations with just exclusive developers and stuff and other movie studios and everything like that. You would think that Lucas, because it did have internal development, would have, um, and I, th- I know that they do, they have more... Um, sympathy and empathy for the the uh, trials and tribulations of development, but I also know that they're they are a Disney owned subsidiary, and there are a lot of bottom line type issues, and they are also now trying to kind of still extract the reins away from the Lucas built empire and sort of make it the next generation of Star Wars. Uh, and they haven't really done that yet. Like all the new trilogy stuff is still very much tied to what George Lucas and his group put together. So I feel like they're being very protective about how they're going to put this together. And there must be lots of uncomfortable, com- clearly lots of uncomfortable conversations. And they might they might not be a super treat to work with. And all of it seems to suggest to me that Disney was... Um, maybe uh, perhaps a little too quick to leave the video game industry. Um, You know, likely what's happening is they're not having to pay for um, mistakes like what's happened with Amy's game and and, uh, whatever extra development costs are now going to be sort of injected into the the, the, fixing Battlefront 2 to people's appeasement. Um, Disney probably doesn't have to eat any of those costs, and they're probably very happy about that. But every extra dollar that EA is spending and not making their license soar happy is probably pushing them to say, maybe we won't renew next time. And then Disney will be in this position of if they aren't, uh, you know, treating their licensees with um, respect that earns their, you know, continued partnership. Uh, they're going to be in this position of not having AAA developers ready to rock on their platform, or on their uh, on their um, properties, and uh, I know that they don't want to avoid that because obviously Battlefront would have been a huge windfall for them, and I think also led to a lot of their decisions to, to kill Disney Infinity. Um, all of it is just this is all sort of corporate business discussion and and crap, and this is what happens when you kill teams. 
you sort of do it in a in a, a silent way. Um, you don't really give us enough reason. To, you, you well, you take the figurehead out of the discussion of it, which is a bad move, terrible move, and EA should rectify that. But also, um, you know, try a bunch of different things that don't really work with uh, monetization. You get comp- you get people like me and, and other you know reporters in the game space suddenly talking and, and and you know we're all talking about this stuff. Players are all talking about this stuff, but how all of this stuff earns money, and goddamn, is that such a waste of of energy? You know, like this is supposed to be joy. This is supposed to be a medium of just uh, escapism and fun and and lightness and and uh, it's just been it's been bad for everybody that loves games. I think other companies aren't reveling in this time, you know? I don't think EA is running around bouncing on clouds right now, <laughs> even if they are selling like crazy. And uh, I think players are, are not happy to be this pissed off either, you know? It's, uh, but it's important. We gotta figure this out, right? Uh, let's see if I got another question in here. Uh, oh, Lee Joes is asking, uh, he had a good comment that uh, Amy's team spent a lot of time and there was nothing to show, so that was going to be game over. Um, and not wrong about that. Still, you give Amy the floor and you let her tell Last Guardian, bro. What, what she's doing. Exactly. Last there Guardian. you go. Perfect. Last Guardian. Last That's Guardian. it forever. <laughs> Sony still brought that out for us. It took 12 uh, years, but we got it. Yes. And, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda, Ungerbar plays bringing that up. That was also, like, a brutal stain on the, on the corporate ledger for EA this year. Um, yeah, it's not going to be good. Uh, but uh, Lee Joe's asking about Lego Marvel 2 review. I'm dying to play that game. Uh, I'm super psyched. I love the first one. It's going to be interesting to see Lego games now that uh, Dimensions is kind of being shoved aside. You know, I'm still a fan of Lego Dimensions. I still have more um, uh, uh, new play sets to, to, uh, to play and stream, yeah, which too. I will do with my kid. Uh, but yeah, psyched to play Lego Marvel 2. I can't wait. Uh, I don't have the game yet though, but I've got a I've got a little bit of a a pile of things that I'm I'm working on and we'll get to. Um okay. Uh let's see what we got here. Okay, let's talk about um let's talk about Madden, brother. You played you played that game, you're still playing it like crazy. What yep. did you think of Madden 18 this year? Uh well, keeping with the EA talk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. It's more EA. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Madden this year. Um, I thought, you know, bringing it over to Frostbite, I was like, oh, crap. Because last year FIFA's game was pretty good, but there was still some little hiccups. There was a little bit of mixed uh, feelings I had with the, the Frostbite engine and how smooth it, it runs. This year's yeah. FIFA looks great. Yeah. Uh, but bringing Madden to the Frostbite engine, definitely you can see. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, all right, it's a roster update. It's great. I can just trade the players from last year's game and... I'm ready to go and play some football. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like uh, the game. It, I mean, it's it's some it's some solid football action. Unless you're you don't like football, then why do you give a shit? Yeah. Uh, but I had a good time playing Madden this year. I mean, I thought the inclusion of some single player long shot, a long yeah. shot single player little campaign. What we got in last year's FIFA with the, you know this guy he's the best football player ever. Now we get to play yeah. actual football. Yeah. Um, uh, I enjoyed Did that. Did you like? Man. Did you like Longshot? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I yeah. wish there was a little bit more deviation in the paths I could have took instead of just like, I, I yeah. mean, 
I, got, I wanted to go down just the treacherous alley of just like I didn't make it, man. I failed college and high school and I just dropped out. <laughs> and now I got to make it from the street. And then they give you like NFL street side. That would have been that would have yeah. been your. Oh my god, that would have been amazing, right, dude? Like, that's gotta, a great I gotta, idea. I gotta come from the streets, and they're like, you gotta play some street ball. And it was like high school and college. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, but no, I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a nice touch. I mean, for the first one, for the first yeah. time that they're bringing it into Madden, as yeah. a little something for me because like I, I play a few games online, but for the most part, I'm all about like the single player stuff, the solo yeah. uh, missions I can take for my ultimate team. Uh, I like the the Twitch integration. Yeah. So it's like if you you know if you're a Prime member on Twitch, you get new players every week for like the first you know ten fifteen weeks. I don't know my my team is just full of all stars now. In your ultimate team. Yeah, my ultimate team. So I'm like, all right. right, cool. I mean, I can keep playing. I mean, I still play it. I do like they have new challenges every week, and I miss the the thing that they've done in so many Madden games before uh, was like the weekly updates. So if something happened in the week in the NFL, then the next week in Madden, they would be like, can you play through this scenario? And you know, they're not doing it? that. They're not. I know. Wow. I was like, well, what the, what, where's that? I'm, I, there, guys, somebody's got to make FIFA or uh, Madden 19 yeah. right now is what they're doing. They're but, but there is talk of um, uh, the companies going to not once every year and doing things like uh, streaming in new content to sort of augment maybe, the maybe thing. Football crates? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> team crates. <I> so. <laughs> buy a team crate. Buy creative players from your favorite team. What do you think about that? Do you think that they should release the game every year as they have for the last 18 years? Or do you think uh, they, I mean, they should I, chill? I mean, from a, from a business looking at it standpoint, I feel like, you know, they put it out every year. People buy it every year. It's just like a Call of Duty game, right? You're like, you're yeah. going to keep putting it out every year. People are going to keep buying it. Yeah. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they just did, like, uh, a roster update. If the graphics don't improve that much, so I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. everybody's got their PS4 Pros or their Xbox One Xs or, you know, whatever they're playing on. Yeah, they would just make like a twenty-seven or twenty-eighteen update because they update the rosters throughout the season, right? So yeah, when it gets to the end of the year, your roster is where it should be. Players who were hurt or hurt or whatever, um, they could easily just do a a, a you know here's a five dollar downloadable. Not- Wouldn't that make them more money in the long run? You would because think. people would be because all the other games that's how they're doing it like even Rainbow Six Siege why are we always talking about money see this is what has happened that's what the games are about that's man. what that's what's happened with video games but Madden is it's not like Madden's doing that <laughs> Madden isn't doing that but I well mean, they are with the Ultimate Team though yeah Cause, I mean because you can buy card packs and you can I mean FIFA's making a billion dollars a year off yeah. of uh off of their Puerta, that's what it is man yeah well they want the, people buy the card packs and all that stuff yeah. and like they they have clearly gone into a section of the sport you know the sports gamers are a different breed of gamer and sure. and uh uh there there is a collectible sort of element there an addictive sort of element there that is uh uh, EA has figured out how to kind of engage with in some pretty dramatic ways. I don't know if they figured I, it out. Well, <laughs> they're still figuring it out. But I, I feel like if they did, um, if they did it every two years, wouldn't those games that come out every two years, it, it, you know, the refresh on them just be incredible? Like, sure, it, it would have all of those visual and and. Uh, you know, all those upgrades that we always ask from them every year, but they can't do it because they have nine months to make the game. I feel like. Even with the the delay, it would just be like with the way consoles are just changing every two years. It'd be a new game on a new console. Mm. So it'd be like, all right, well, here's your Xbox One version of Madden 15, and then here's your right. Xbox One S version of Madden 17, and here's your Xbox One X version of Madden 19. Yes. And here's your Xbox X squared to the third power cubed. 
to the you know and i'm like yeah. all right so it's even keeping up with that it's like how do you how do you keep up with whatever it's coming out on but just i mean the overall play for me for madden is it's, it's a it's a pretty fucking fun football game, man. I'm having a good time playing Madden. I love it. I always have a great time when I play it, and it does look amazing, uh, you know, on a 4K television with HDR and all the, the sort of beauty stuff. I don't know about that stuff. part, but I, got, I play it on a 4K <laughs> TV, and it looks great on the Xbox One X. Is, is there anything, like, revolutionary about this this year's game for you? Because um, well, you follow this stuff. You and yeah. Ben would review these things every year for us. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think they just they keep improving on what they're they're already doing well. Like the the animations are getting better. The announcing is getting better. They have the yeah. new announced team last year that they brought back this year. That's just and they have a good flow about talking about stuff. I still don't even understand how. I mean, like these guys will update commentary each week as well. Like so, it's not just roster updates. You're getting like they'll go and record audio, new audio with the the announcers. Which is like they already yeah, say yeah. so many things. He's got yeah. now with six seconds left, now with five <laughs> seconds left, now with four seconds left. Like, can you just say that for every second in the clock left? <laughs> 12 minutes and 12 seconds to go. Like, all right, well, what? I mean, these things clearly have to be becoming sort of – like now they in NBA uh, 2K18, they're interviewing players on the court, and they're animating all that, you yeah. know? So it's their voices – Let me tell you yeah. Yeah, well, not just not just them as uh, sportscasters or as commentators, but like they've come off the court oh, yeah, as sure. a you're right, and they're they animated a sequence there. So the players, so the you know the the connection to these sports games clearly for coaches because they animate the coaches and the players and the league owners has just become has to, and the announcers has to be becoming so important and so much a part of their own individual businesses. You know that they they just can't ignore it. I mean that seems to be we're going to cross a threshold, man. I think in ten fifteen years where you're, it's going to be almost indistinguishable from watching a game in reality. Yeah, and I think with a sport like basketball, though, it's it's all like you. It's so recognizable. Yeah, it's about the personalities, the players, right? Yeah. And so with with something like football, you're just there's helmets and a shoulder pad unless you're you know Tom Brady or you're like one of the star players yeah, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how, do you know what the offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings looks like? I have no idea. They could just walk into a mall. They just be giant Viking-looking dudes. I'm like, all right, cool. It must be them. I, I wouldn't get it. Uh, but for a sport like basketball, I think they put the emphasis on each of the players because that's what the, you know. That's what you recognize about, you know, basketball. But for football, Ryan Landis like, coming up with an amazing idea right here. Put the big sports games on the Switch and sell Amiibos of the athletes. Uh, that would be dope as hell. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. That, McFarlane, I just get the McFarlane like sports figures that he makes. Yeah, this is like the pile on EA episode, and I sure didn't mean it to be that. But the, what are they doing with uh, that incredible EA Sports big kind of opportunity? Especially when you have a platform like the Switch, which is like screaming out for games. Like I know what the issue is. They they don't have teams dedicated to that, so they can't just build it. Uh, but they can't re-release those games because the rights, as we were talking about with uh, yeah. Star Wars, like the rights to the people and the music and all the the extra external bits that went into those original games are incredibly hard to secure again. They had that initial ship. It's why we haven't had a road rash. It's why they don't do the compilation collections and stuff because they road rash. I want some road rash, right? Like they have all these brands. That's what we forget about EA. It's like through their acquisitions and through their own you know development that they've spurred on they have all of these different tendrils all these different ways that they could uh, um, capitalize on on bringing us 
more joy and even remastering the the old joy that they brought. Like, who wouldn't want to skate three or four on uh, the current platforms, you know? Or an SSX3. Optimized skate three on Xbox One X. That's about the, the freshest yeah, Xbox. That's the optimized. That's right. You can do that. Experience you can get. But they can't do it though. They can't make new versions of that stuff because they got to go out and secure all the rights, and and uh, you know it's a licensing nightmare. It's it's crazy, and like with specifically with those those old, uh, yeah, yeah, I loved FIFA Street Three and and NBA Street and NFL yeah. Street was okay, but those were really cool, you know, uh, experiments. But all those players are gone. They're, they've they've retired and they've left, and the league probably doesn't have any sort of. So it would be a nightmare, and they're not, they're just not set up to do all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, miss, I miss Midway, man. I mean, like like a Blitz or Hits, some NHL Hits. I know, I miss Midway too. Oh, that was good. a company that should never have gone out of business, and it feels like that opportunity is ripe right there for somebody to just buy back the brand and all of those those old classic things and and do something someday real with that. We'll just have to wait many years. Uh, yes, I know. Many more years. Yes. So this has turned into um, uh, like a show on MSNBC, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, should we be talking about stocks now at this point? Stocks are on the rise today. Buy low. Buy low. Stock, okay. Uh, do any of the games on the Switch have microtransactions or pay-to-win games? Peter Sass is asking, um, which is appropriate because we're, we're talking about uh, money. Uh, yeah, I think that there are microtransactions built into NBA 2K18, and that's one of the, uh, I think, one of the major issues with that game is uh, is how much it's tied into online uh, monetization and, and uh, sort of earning your credits and buying new stuff and customizing and stuff like that. Um, uh, let's see what else we got here. In the box. Jose oh, Adrian Leon asks if you played Madden One or Madden on Xbox One X. Yes. Yes, you did. Yeah. And did you notice a difference from from HD to X? Uh, a little bit. Again, it's just going from yeah. HD to 4K. It's a little bit more noticeable. But my again, going back to what I said earlier, my TV. I'm gonna have to take a picture and tweet it. It's just gonna be like all the stuff that my TV doesn't do. Uh, <laughs> my 4K TV. This is Samsung 4K. Yeah. This is a nice 4K TV too. Apparently You've, it's. It's tweeted at Samsung. I will. What's the deal, Samsung? It's the Xbox One X, and all I see is X's next to what it can do. Yes. Like, oh, can't do that. Nope. Uh, Donnie S. Wangor says, uh, remember when there were other uh, game companies making NHL games besides EA? It'd be nice to see some gaming competition. Uh, Give EA some competition again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, I believe that. I feel feel like uh, all of these sports game manufacturers would benefit from it because that memory of competition is still a very big part of our... It's like, uh, it's like Call of Duty and Battlefield. Yeah, you, you know, need it, right? You need that good, like, oh, this yeah. one sucks, this one's better, this one's terrible, this one's, you know, the versus, yeah. man. The judge reviews uh, on the run versus. That's what it totally, was. Totally, man. I, and I've got a little pile of some things that I do want to do a versus of, but I, I was talking to a person that works on FIFA, and it expressed some frustration because uh, Pez always reviews higher from reviewers and critics than FIFA does, even though FIFA has, which has always been my argument, it has like 
a pile of features and extra bonuses in the game and all the authentic everything. And I'm not that hardcore of a soccer player where I can look at both of those games and go, well, the animation tree on this is just much more realistic on this particular. I can't define these things like that. (laughs) But uh, uh, he said it always burns him that the critics would always go for Pez because they were like a quarter or a fifth of the amount of you know, game that FIFA is, but I, I bounce back at him. It's the critics remembering how close that that uh, race used to be, but also isn't it a good thing that there is this always overt, you know, back and forth. There's always this challenge out there that exists, and I feel like a lot of those other sports games have have would definitely benefit from from all of that you know they would push them on even nba 2k i feel like they did some amazing things this year but um i think some real challenge from ea and ea is building that back um is only going to make the 2k franchise i know it's slowly but surely yeah. uh but <laughs> from the it ground will, it will only make 2k better when when ea is closer to parity you know and it, we should see that with baseball and we should see that with the other things out there yeah, that was. I mean, that was a. That's a glory day long gone, and there was stiff uh, competition in all aspects of games you played. Yes, this racing game is better. Like, oh, this game is better. This game is better. No, yeah. this pretty well. This one's pretty awesome. There's like yes. three or four different solid racing games. Now it's like Forza looks amazing. Look we got some. We got some great comments here. Uh, Ryan Landis is on fire. Could you see future Triple uh, A games running commercials like TV shows do? Uh, are you talking or are you just mouthing things? You're freaking me out. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but... Uh, do you think that AAA games will have commercials, like TV shows? Do you think that that could be a way for, for uh, companies? To, I mean, they already do in some in ways. Ads. But, I mean, I think, yeah, some yeah. some have ads. Some have ads, and they definitely have product placement. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to see that? Would you like games to be... Uh, if they're going to be so overt in selling us things, should they just be free? Should all these games just be free? Would that fix everything? Would you guys like that? Because I'll make some calls. Who wouldn't, who I'll, wouldn't. I'll call right now. I'll call Mr. EA and Ms. 2K, and uh, <laughs> I'll call some people right now, and we'll get some changes. Mr. Nintendo, we'll get some changes made. Everything's free, but loot crates forever. <laughs> it's a loot crate festival. Hallelujah. It's like somebody, somebody made a video. I can't remember who the hell it was, but it's like he, he buys a game and he puts it in his console. And it was like, yeah. uh, push start to play. And you push start. And like, if you want to get to the start screen, please download this DLC. It costs yeah. like a dollar. Like, oh, yeah, For two players, please download $5 DLC. <laughs> no! What is that? <laughs> that's mobile gaming, man. Yeah. I mean, that's it's really turned me off. I, I got... There's some great games in mobile, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I haven't felt the compulsion to go back, especially since the Switch came out. Uh, got a question about uh, Rocket League on the Switch. Yes, I do plan to review that. I haven't got a code yet for it, but I do want to take a look at that. I definitely want to look at um, uh, L.A. Noir on the Switch. And I've got Skyrim on the Switch. I think um, uh, uh, Johnny Millennium and I are going to be talking about that uh, very soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, let's see. Competition breeds innovation. That's uh, Donnie S. Uh, being very astute with that comment. And Warco A. Uh, says Devolver should buy Midway. I would love that. That would be incredible. 
Um, and then James Cole just says, Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing! What an awesome game that was. Oh my God, that's just a flood of incredible memories. Diddy Kong Racing and Jose had to go to the bathroom. Uh, I can't wait for those Spider-Man loot crates to get those sticky webs and unlock swinging. Ryan, don't give ideas to the developers, okay? We don't want to see that happen. Are you wearing a Diddy Kong? Oh, there it is. Bravo. I got to keep it. I keep, every, uh, I keep my N64 plugged in at all times in case I got to do some throwback streaming. Until the N64 Classic Mini comes out next year. Oh, well, why when I have my perfectly good Conker's Bad Fur Day and my NES, my, uh, my N64 Classic right here. Oh, my God. What a beautiful, awesome platform that was. So many incredible memories on that game system. I love it. Uh, let's see here. What, what else we got this here? This thing is my favorite thing, by the way. If you don't have one of these HDMI, uh, AV to HDMI, you plug in your three prongs, plug in your HDMI, boom. Oh, man, that's great. I got to get that. That sounds yeah. awesome. Dude, I love get the that. HDMI to AV, you have to get the reverse one. It's nice to have mature games on the Switch. It opens up to a huge amount of players. Angabar Play is absolutely... Uh, I rented the N64 in Stratford just to play that game, Peter Sass. Yeah, I mean, Diddy Kong, That's that. talk about a game that uh, got mired in um, uh, some weird rights, right? That was uh, Rare that made that game, and then they got bought by Microsoft. And so I don't know if Nintendo would ever <laughs> go, yeah, let's make a new Diddy Kong Racing, because, you know... Can we just, just talk about some... how L.A. Noir is $50 U.S. on the Switch? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I guess it's not on three discs like it was on the console. All right, I'm just playing my games. Just playing games really quick. Sorry. Yeah, were you? Or are you in the store right now? Just checking out the store. Yeah. What's hot? All the hot new goodness. Okay. All right. That's cool. I think uh, I think we had a good little stream here. Got on a soapbox. We talked about money. Um, so Lots of money. Sell, sell your EA stock right now because there's <laughs> gonna, there's going to be a lot of turmoil over there right, with them. I don't know, man. Um, they, got, they got some you got some hot stuff coming out next year. It's such a they, weird, such a weird thing. It's like, oh, that I wanted Mass Effect to be so good, and then they announced Anthem, and I'm like, was that what these guys were supposed to be doing on Mass Effect? Yes. Is that what they were working on this yeah. whole time? Sons of bitches. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> But uh, loot crates are not going to go away anytime soon. All that we can do is uh, keep talking about them. Um, I, you know, we have been talking about them for a long time. We've been sort of bitching about uh, free-to-play and uh, uh, a lot of these, these sort of uh, hands-out, asking-for-money types of scenarios and games for a long time. And it's, uh, it's just been percolating. And I, I feel like Star Wars is that... It's kind of that polarizing... That that uh, lightning rod, it's it's that divining that rod. Everybody's going towards that to say, "Wait, this is Star Wars. It should be for everybody. Why is there all of these extra things attached to being able to play this stuff?" Every time I hear someone say Skyrim, I hear the Dragonborn song. John D says, "Batman: The Telltale Series is forty bucks or more on the Switch." Uh, Telltale had a rough uh, couple of weeks. Um, but they made probably too many games that were, were a little bit too similar, I think, is, is probably uh, my off-the-cuff kind of look at that, that company. Um, yeah, it's a, a crazy, crazy few days. Uh, I would love to hear, and this can come uh, in the comments on this video if you watch, watch the stream later or watch the, uh, the podcast later. Love to hear your personal thoughts on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, my review is out there. I've uh, received a tremendous amount of uh, uh, people. 
No, no death threats, <laughs> but people telling me that I'm wrong with my thoughts on my review of the game. And uh, also people accusing me of being paid by EA to review the thing. And, and it'd be like, well, this would be a really stupid time for me to start doing that, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, but <laughs> I could be living in a really big house if I was doing that. Uh, uh, but I, it, I, it's, I know where that anger is coming from. But what I want to hear is from people that play the game and experience it. Like Jose says about Shadow of War, there was a lot of vitriol, a lot of hate about that game and everybody asking about the um, the loot crates. But it, it it isn't that overt in that experience. I think the loot crates are a little more overt in, in Battlefront 2, for sure, because you're getting the daily you know boxes to unlock and you earn them as you play. And uh, you can see the price tags on stuff. But there is a lot of game that's already in Star Wars Battlefront 2. There's a lot open. There's a lot to play. There's a lot of stuff that you don't need to do anything. You're just going to have a really, really fun time. I did. So I'm really curious if you do take that investment and you play it. Same from you, Foobs. I want to hear what you guys think about the game after you've played it. Not before you've passed judgment on the way that EA should conduct its business. No no harm in doing that, by the way. But I, I would love to hear your thoughts, honest thoughts on just playing the game and experiencing it. Um, but that's groovy. Anything else you want to talk about, Foobs? Anything you want to tell the people? What's uh, no. on deck, deck for you streaming-wise? Uh, I'm going to go back to Mario Odyssey as soon as we wrap this up. <laughs> um, You've been basically going, okay, yeah. can you stop talking? Let's see. Like, I want to yeah. get back in. Are you, yeah. done? Are you, are you still going? Uh, we're still doing this. Okay. Uh, so Mario Odyssey is a game that I just started last Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm uh, plenty of hours into. Yeah. Uh, no, that's what I'm finishing up now. Eventually, I'll start uh, Battlefront because I want to play through the single-player stuff and that. Yep. And then uh, not unlock Darth Vader because I don't know if I'll if I can last forty hours. Hard for me, hard for me to get forty hours into games <laughs> nowadays. No. It, um, it it isn't a clock that goes <laughs> off. By the way, it's it's how you how well you do. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to touch some backlog stuff again. Like I like to occasionally I'll throw back into the retro stuff. But Mario, Mario is the beast I'm taming right now. I think I'm I think I'm near the end. So I don't know how much longer I've got. But I know there's like a thousand moons or like nine hundred something moons, whatever. And I'm only at like two eighty, two ninety, so favorite game of the year? Uh it's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah Save it. Up there. Save it for the Rocket and Reagan conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's up there. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. Uh okay, you guys, I think that's gonna be good. Um sorry for the little wait at the beginning of this, but thank thank everybody that joined us for the live and everybody that's listening to this later or watching this later. You all rock. And the person that rocks the most, Jose Don Fubar Aww. Sanchez. Love to having you on here. And we'll see you very soon, my friend, okay? Bye, man. All right. And let's, uh, let's hope this is a better week for EA. <laughs> Video game. See you guys. Thanks for watching, everybody.